It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome into episode number more than I expected, as in the number of consecutive weeks that AJ has been on this show is more than I expected. It's the streak. The streak is a lot. Yeah, he's, he's making Cal Ripken blush right now. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and yeah. The main event. Bang, bang, bang. Dang. Dang. The best part is now that you guys do video, I see Aaron rock his head back and forth every time I say that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> AK, uh, AJ Francis, a.k.a. Frank, a.k.a. Top Dollar, a.k.a. Host. Top, top Dollar, the shot caller. Oh, that's good. I like that. A.k.a. Host of uh, WWE's Most Wanted Treasure, Sunday Nights on A&E. And yeah, a.k.a. You must be outside your mind. <laughs> hey, do you know where I got that line from? I'm, that was the, the first question. So. so, obviously, I got it from every black parent ever, but also... <laughs> I was going to say, that was my thought. <laughs> but I also, the real line is Herman Boone. Yes, so I, I, okay, that's what I was asking. Yep. Boy! You must be outside your mind. Now, who is Herman Boone yelling at then? I. Um. This is when he says, you need water. You want a water break. Water is um, cowards. Water is for washing blood off my uniform, and you don't get any blood right. on my uniform. That's Boy, right. You must be outside your mind. That's what, what, was right. the, what was the offensive lineman's name? That's who the, he was yelling the at. The big dude. The, the, wait, yeah. Ethan, the only, Ethan I know Supley? The actors, but the only character's name I remember from that entire movie is Sunshine, isn't it? Boom, is Sunshine. Of course it's Sunshine. Of course it's Sunshine. <laughs> well, Rev, you got to remember Rev. Oh yeah, true. I I okay. This is uh this is kind of an embarrassing thing. Uh, I had Wood Harris on the show a few years ago. Now Wood Harris, of course, it has done everything. Like he's he's now he's been in the Creed movies. Of course, um, I mean, it, uh, my God, dude! Like Wood Harris is a is a goddamn superstar. I had him on, and I was like, bro, can I can I do something with you? Can I do left side strong side with you? <laughs> <laughs> Total noob. Ah, it was so embarrassing. But he did it. He did it. It was the greatest moment of my life. I was doing. Oh, wait, there, there's one other name you gotta remember. Petey. Oh yeah, Petey. That's a good one. That's a good one too. Uh, all right. Um, I, we we knew this was coming. Obviously, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I guess take me through what you can tell us and like what it felt like to be in that spotlight and getting that shine on Wednesday. I uh, felt. So- great man i mean like a lot of times like in the day earlier in the day leading up to that point people were like are you nervous are you nervous are you nervous and i want to be like bruh i played on thursday night football played on thanksgiving on, on thanksgiving <laughs> night yeah with, with no practice for the week right off the street just remembering the playbook from how i'd been on the team before and had the game of my life no i'm not nervous 
I mean, <sighs> compelling point, compelling yeah. <laughs> argument that it's not, it ain't bigger than that in any way. Uh, no, I mean, it is, it is bigger than that, but like, it's not harder than that. Sure. Okay. That's fair. Glenn, I don't know if you know this, but we're not allowed to think, like, we're not allowed to expect him to think that any of this is cool. Like, no, I think it's all cool. He's just supposed to do this. No, no. I, think, I mean, my, my, I mean, it was my debut on WWE. That's something I've been waiting on for my entire life. So, yeah, it's really cool. But, like, it was catch a man, kill a man. It wasn't hard. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's going to do that at the pig roast in a couple of weeks, too. <laughs> yeah. You. He does that. So who's, he, jumping, who's jumping off the roof onto AJ? Oh, now, probably going to have to be me. Clint. Probably going to have to be me at some point. <laughs> During the day, he's going to say, it's time, bro. Let's go. And I'm going to say, all right. And then he's going to tell me I'm not selling well enough. And it's the way it's going to – I've played this game before. Well, first he's going to tell you that and you're outside your damn – I'm going to put him through the table that has the um, – All the slip cup stuff on oh, it. How dare you? You can't mess no, up no, that has the No, that has the potato salad with the raisins. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. We're white. But we're not that white. <laughs> Actually, we probably are about that. What? <laughs> Who am I kidding, man? Who am I kidding? All right. So, so like, this is again. I don't know how much you can tell us, but like, this is a nerdy question. What What are you guys told that needs to happen? What's What is premeditated? What are you guys coming up with on your own when you're doing something like this? I mean, it's all just like we literally just. And like all the like my my one line, all that is just me. Like that's just we we know what we're doing. Like yep. we know the we know what's coming up. But like for the, like it's all just performance art, bro. Like are you a performer or are you not? You know what I'm that's awesome, like, man. God, that's awesome. Like, the, like a lot of times, I think that's why there's a lot of people that struggle, not just in wrestling business, but in any entertainment hosting tv show analyst work because they if they don't get a chance to let me write down every single thing that i need to do and make yeah. sure i have all my notes handy and do yeah. all you know they, they struggle under the pressure but if you just are out there doing what you know you can do i mean a shark gonna swim you feel me I mean, I no doubt no doubt man and, and it's it's so incredibly cool to see it you did you tell i saw on tuesday night but I didn't make anything. I didn't make that much of it because, like, so, like, you know. I did. Do you know why I did? Because I was paying attention. Did you see? No. It was people. Oh, it was only your. <laughs> that was the way that it went. I, I that was what tipped figured, me off. You know. Yeah. I mean, you guys kind of just, you guys kind of, you kind of just screwed yourself over because I can't let them know. Is. So Motherfucker, now, <laughs> now I gotta delete. You're saying to go I gotta. God edit damn it. Edit. Edit. Damn it. Edit. Son of a bitch. Edit. Wait a second. But you edit. didn't. But you didn't say. You just yeah, said. I mean, you, you kind of fucked it up, bro. No, no, no. I hate doing work. It's my least favorite. I hate work. Work sucks. Damn it. All right. AJ, how many other things can we work into the show that yeah, Glenn go, has to edit out? You, you know, you can eat my ass. All right, that's I'm not doing it. Sometimes you won't edit that out. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> not. I stand by that. In fact, I want to make that a T-shirt. That's how much I stand by it. I want to make it a T-shirt. Um, can you tell us anything about how this all came together with the four of you? 
um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, me and Tahuti and Bree have had this idea for over a year, and we've been, you know, trying to work it for over a year. And um, Swerve basically came to us and was like, "Yo, would like, would you guys have a problem with me, you know, being in the crew?" And I was like, "Nah," because in my <laughs> mind, I mean, this is just me, this is me being brutally honest. This is the God's honest truth, okay? The more small men, the less bumps for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, so, yeah. and it means more small guys for you to feud with and uh, catch. Huh. And guess who gets to look? If it's a match between me, Swerve, Tahuti, and three other guys from the next yeah, the guy, three guys that look like Leon Ruff. Gonna get to do all the cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> slash, slash, get to catch five people. Yeah, like <laughs> at once. I mean, that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people understood. Is like the day that I debuted on NXT, I was the biggest person on NXT. Like, I am a full two inches and thirty pounds heavier than Keith Lee. Who's the Who's the guy that was the uh, the guard at the Cameron Grimes? Uh, oh, that's my boy Zach. He's on the roster, right? Yeah, he used to play. Uh, he used to play basketball for the Washington Generals. Oh my God, that's so yeah. random. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember him getting excited. I was like, "Oh shit, not the Globetrotters, yeah, but the Generals." Everybody's like, "Oh, he plays for the Globetrotters." He's like, "No, I didn't." <laughs> oh, speaking of jobbing out, no one's ever jobbed out more than the Washington Generals, man. <laughs> Wait, was he like the monster character? Because I know I, yes. I went to Harlem. He was, yeah, he, he, he was, was the, the monster weird monster that guy. wore a black. Like uh, Rip Hamilton mask. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So, so basketball's Brooklyn Brawlers. Yeah, I, I saw I saw the Globetrotters, and what they did is like you know the Globetrotters would win at halftime, and then the Generals would bring out this like in a cage like Hannibal Lecter person at halftime is like oh I'm going to win now and that's that guy. Okay, yeah, that's kind that's of a great bit. Thick. That's kind of so, a great bit. Would he be the closest to your size then? Is he like the the next biggest guy? I mean. I think I weigh more than him, but um, he's like, I mean, he's, no, he's a legit 6'11", 7 foot. Wow. Damn. Damn. That's a big dude. That's he, a big... he just, he just, he just hasn't debuted on NXT. Like, I mean, he has because he was, you know, he was. Right. Right. But he he was, yeah, that's not a real debut. security guard, but I'm talking about like as a character that's going to be in storylines and things like sure. that. Like, he hasn't. He's seven foot tall. I mean, the, the PC is full of seven footers. I mean, there's. Oh, okay. This is the PC is full of seven that. footers. It's just you're never going to see a seven footer on NXT. So I, I legit brought something up like off the air in talking about you last week, and and it's a real question that I have now, which is you're so goddamn likable on the show, yeah. Like, and and now you're in a heel faction. Was there any yeah. like concern about that whatsoever? No, because I view myself as the new age Razor Ramon, bro. Like, I'm going to be the bad guy that everybody thinks is so cool because that's what I actually am. And you know what the best part about that is? It means one day you can call into a show and and you can bail after about four minutes because you got to go get 
What was the line? I died and laid to the side. Hell yeah. Hell now, here's yeah. where you just walk off. Right. That's top five moments in this show's oh history. Oh, my God. Sure. It's, it's getting a, us getting blown off. Like correct. It's a, it's, it's a fact, man. Literally, it's, like, I asked a question. Glenn asked a question. Aaron asked a question. I asked a question. Glenn asked a question. He left. Oh, yeah. no, we didn't get that far. It was I, th- I think we started to ask another question, and he was yeah. just like, all right, guys. We, we were all like, okay, softballs to start. Each of oh, us will we do one softball, then we'll get into it. And then he just left after the three. God. It was, I've never been more alarmed by anything that happened ever. We were all having such a good time. We're throwing high fives. Like, we're fucking talking to Scott all, man. And he seemed like he was so Literally, into. like, we were marking out over the, because he's not in the room with us. No. So we're like, we're legit marking out, like, this is so cool. We're talking to Scott Hall. And then he just ditched us. Just out. <laughs> just <laughs> see ya. We're like, and it wasn't even like he ditched us because of a question that we asked. No. Like, he, he just dissed this because he was like, I need to get my hair done. Correct. So I just decided up. this is what I'm more interested in than I am in doing this. And it was so unbelievable. It became the most iconic moment in the history of the show. And to the point that none of us even like have any no. malcontent about it. No. Like, we hate Ryback cool way more than we hate Scott Hall. <laughs> Scott I Hall. literally never knew that someone blowing me off would make me like them more. Right. <laughs> like he's so much cooler that he did that. <laughs> like, damn man, he really is cool. He told us to kick rocks. <laughs> but also, bless. like, I also think the the reason why I'm not worried about being, uh, uh, you know, I'm so likable on the show, and then being so evil on almost literally ending Leon Ruff's life, right? Um, like, is because like, like I think that it helps me because it's like people see me and they're like, oh, I know that guy, and they're like, oh my god, like what the hell? This is not what I thought that I knew about this guy. I mean, you know Ma- Mama Foley's baby boy was kind of disappointed in you, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he was, was kind of disappointed in you, bro. It was. It's funny, like, because he's like, he's like, obviously he's working the bit. Yep. But it's like it's funny because he's like. My riding partner. Why? 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 It was so good. It's just so funny because, like, then you could, like, we're going to watch the show this. We're going to watch the show this uh, Sunday, and it'll be me and Booker T, and it'll be so damn good, and, like, it'll be inspirational, and blah, blah, blah. And then next Tuesday, you'll be like, God, I hate this guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah, right? Yeah. Get get the hell. He tried to kill Leon Ruff, man. What the fuck? I had but Leon all Ruff, he has to do all he has to do is say, Yeah, I rode with Undertaker and Kane, but I was the real star. And everyone turns on him immediately. Boo, boo. Oh man. <laughs> he also tried to kill Leon Ruff right after Leon Ruff had like the match of his career on it. <laughs> yeah, it was a great match. It was a tremendous match, man. Well, can tremendous. we talk about that though? He looks down, he sees AJ and he sees Swerve standing there, and he decides to jump at AJ. Yeah, that does, seems I mean, questionable. It seems like a questionable decision. No, it's nice. It makes a lot of sense. You know why? You ever been to prison? <laughs> you go. You go after the biggest guy. You go after the biggest guy. All right. All right. I mean, there is something to be said for that. Hey, there. plus he'd already been beating on Swerve for the whole match. He was like, "This is fresh guy. I better jump on him." As as AJ said, he was outside his mind. He was outside. See, people. The funny thing is, the funny thing is to me is like, people are like, "Man." That move you gave him on the barricade, that looked brutal. Like, how da, da, da. Like, but nobody's talking about the fact that, like, I caught a grown man without bending my knees off of a ladder. He didn't, like, he didn't move. Yeah, correct. In one, <laughs> in one motion. 
So, so I got this message I'm going to share with you, right? And I hate blowing... God, I hate blowing you up. I hate this so much. Man, I just want to say mean things about you. But I got this message from my buddy Nick. Who I just straight up said, I haven't watched wrestling in probably 15 years. But I tuned in to your boy's show on Sunday night, and I was hooked. Yeah. I hate this. I hate this so much because <laughs> he's right. And as I told you the other night, I, I have, to be honest, I, of course, don't give a rat's ass whether or not the WWE gets back any of these things because they don't impact me in any way. I was so hooked on you guys pursuing Andy Kaufman's goddamn neck brace. Me too. I don't know me what too. it is. I don't know what it is about the goddamn neck brace and the Kaufman-Lawler story, but that's been the one so far of all of the items and maybe it's because it's just unique, right? Like, what's really the difference between the first mask and the second mask or the first robe and the second? This is so unique that, like, when Bill Aptor just gave it to you, I legitimately, like, my heart fluttered. Like, it, my, it fl- I was so happy in that stupid moment, despite the fact that it impacts me in zero ways. In no ways does it impact me. And yet I was that happy when that played out. I mean, the best thing about the show is that, like, the show's not just for marks like us. Like, it'll... Like, obviously, Mark's going to love the show, but, like, it's not for just us. It's just a really great show with, a real like, the storylines that come about on the show are dope because they're real. Like, we really wanted to reclaim the legacy of not just Jerry Waller, but Andy Kaufman. Because I said it on the show, too, like, would there be WrestleMania without Andy Kaufman and Jerry Waller? I mean, it's it, it was the moment. It was definitely the moment. Like, that was the first time that it was like Ressa and Jerry. They, they don't they don't get into this on the show. They didn't have enough time. But like one of the things Jerry said to me on camera in one of the interviews was like, uh, he was like Lawler on the like, Kaufman went to Vince McMahon Senior, and was like, I want to work on your show. And then Vince McMahon Senior was like, No, I don't want to do the celebrity thing. That that'll be bad for the business. Blah blah blah. The whole time Vince Junior's like, Yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that. But you know Vince Senior's running the company, and then lo and behold, fast forward, he ends up doing it with Jerry Lawler, and then as soon as Vince gets the reins, we get WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it, it was like almost in Earth 2 of WWE history, mm-hmm. maybe Andy Kaufman feuds with yeah, Roddy Piper in WWE. Oh my God. <laughs> well, and, oh and, my God. And and again, Jerry Lawler is going to be an icon of Memphis for forever. But it changed his life. I mean, it, it as he yeah. as he alluded to it, yeah. utterly and completely changed his life, man. I that one, Bro, that, that one. Jerry Lawler. This is a true fact. Jerry Lawler sold out the Mid South Coliseum more times in the sixties. I mean, in the seventies than the Beatles. <laughs> okay, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. How many times the all right, I, this math is. I was, I was just yeah, gonna let that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, this math is that math is that's something, man. That is that is goddamn wild. All right, so so Booker T Sunday night. Um, I mean, can you tell us what you're searching for, or do we just have to wait? Uh, yeah. So like, obviously, we're searching for uh, we're searching for uh, in the little clip I'm about to post it on my socials. Uh, we're searching for the King Booker robe. But one thing that's really cool is that like, you know, Booker. A lot of guys are searching for items for themselves. Booker wanted to search for an item for somebody 
that inspired him. Oh. So we go to try and find the collar from the junkyard. Oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. wow. That's cool. Oh, that's very cool. All right. God. And we run it and we run to where you run into WWE legends a lot. Like one cool thing about the Booker episode is that like we like with Booker, we end up going to meet so many different legends, not just in wrestling, but in the combat sports world. So Okay. There's a lot to be seen. Okay. There's a lot to be seen. I'm looking forward to it. It's Sunday night, of course, 10 o'clock on A&E. And that's after it's a it's a Booker T biography. It's like an all-Booker T night on Sunday. Yeah, right? it's Booker T night on A&E. Very you know cool. I mean, Very cool, man. Couldn't happen to a better guy. You know? That's awesome, dude. All right. Well, we'll just uh, – God damn it. I got to go edit this. God, I'm so pissed about that. I have to go back and edit now. That sucks. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <sighs> all right. Anyway, um, uh, of course, Sunday night a and I, I, I said you – you're becoming sort of like the Black Ryan Seacrest these days. Like, you're such a media mogul I, at this point. I mean, I am the yeah. Black Ryan Seacrest. There you go. I, I like to think more like I'm the young Steve Harvey, but... Okay, you know, all right, that one works, Black too. Ryan that Seacrest. one works, too. Black, Black all right. Hey, true story, though. Did you know that Steve Harvey is my, like, third cousin? Wait, really? <laughs> what? <laughs> How come you haven't gotten us on Family Feud yet? I was just <laughs> about to ask the same thing. We need team jobbing out on Family so Feud. So I haven't, I haven't seen or talked to Steve since I was, like, eight years old. But Steve's mother is the sister of my great-grandmother. Wow. Steve's mother. My great-grandmother's name is Evelyn Harvey. How about that? How about that? That's kind of wild, all of them man. Are from, all of them are from Welch and Gary, West Virginia. So, wow. So, so that's and, and the ironic part about that is it sounds like it's otherwise the whitest place in humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the West Virginia fool you. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's I'm, about there might be six white people in that whole. Wow, district. wow, wow! That's wild, man. It's in the mountains too. It ain't somewhere you. The thing is, the the thing about West West Virginia and Gary Gary West Virginia, you ain't got to worry about ever like getting lost and ended up there because if you don't know that you're going there you ain't gonna find it. <laughs> <laughs> all right sunday night 10 o'clock on a and e of course nxt next wednesday on uh, the usa tuesday Network. oh right god i'm still adjusting to that i'm sorry next tuesday I too like i had a i was scheduled something the other day and i was like oh look, i know i got my tuesdays free i was like wait no i don't <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take a minute it's gonna take a minute <laughs> All right, bro. Uh, at AJ Francis four one zero, of course, is how you follow him. Appreciate you, pal. Uh, uh, can you still do picks next week? Is that still on the table? Uh, yeah, we can do picks. All right, we'll do picks next week. You know, the next the next step is we have to see him wrestle live or appear live. Oh or yeah, we're gonna we have need to, to. We need to get to an NXT show now. Can you make sure, like, if we if we plan around it, like, can you make sure that we get in? Is that an option? Yeah, I would need I would need to put you on the list a week early. So, like, if uh, if you wanted to come. This Tuesday, I would have had to put you on. Um, next Tuesday, I would have had to put you on this Tuesday. All right. Well, we'll talk more. Off, how about we talk more off yeah. the air about that? Because we do need we do need to go and we do need to to be there. Um, I just don't want to go down and then find out you're not on the show for some right. reason. He's Cards a subject to change. Seg- yeah, right. Backstage segment. Cards. Subject uh, that's, to change. That's what I'm worried about. All right, brother. Uh, at uh, AJ Francis 410. There he goes. He is. Top dollar shot collar. Hey, there he goes. All right, buddy. Love you.
Love you guys. Peace. AJ Francis checking in after uh, he looked awesome on NXT on Tuesday night, and we are uh, thrilled for him for that. He's still to come on this week's show, by the way, Brian Cage. Uh, I put the interview up a little bit early uh, this week um, just because uh, we had to do it actually a while back, but um, I wanted to get uh, some extra pub for it. But Brian Cage from AEW will join us. And as uh, Brandon and I talked about, so glad that we did it this week and not the week before that. So (laughs) glad. That it was slight change of tone. My word. And I was pretty upfront about that when we talked. I was pretty And upfront. then he wasn't on the show at all this week. So I'm glad yeah, that we did. Yeah, really glad. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, sure, sure. It was a different show, obviously, that they were doing this week. And so that's not the end right. of the world. But really glad he got that massive win. Massive win. Looked like a million dollars before we talked to Brian Cage. Uh, but he's By coming. By the way, Brian Cage, su- surprisingly into Oreos, like as much well, as Glenn is. Well, yeah, the old, is that surprising? Um, I mean, just because of how he looks, yeah, just because fair, he okay, looks like fair. him, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. You'll hear that later on in the program. All right, let's uh, let's get to what mattered from this week. I guess you could argue that like we should start with blood and guts. Is is that where you want to start, or do you want to start? Sure, All right, we can start with blood and guts. Um, I I think it was a good match. I think it was entertaining. Um, I think it's real weird that like the people that were in attendance had to like watch a pre-tape first hour of the show and then. They got a live hour. Is that, blood. What, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. So ba- basically, because of the four, like they had to build the the uh, the cage well ahead of time. They because there's no ceiling. Right, right. There's no ceiling. You couldn't lower it. So ba- so basically, it you know they had a choice. They either could do that live or they could do the other matches live, and they chose to do that live. So. Which, well, that makes more that makes more sense now because watching it was very awkward. Like when they transitioned from the first part of the show to that part where the cage was just all of a sudden there and yeah. i was like yeah wait what what but that's a small audience that we're talking i mean it's a five thousand seat venue that was i mean it's a small audience that that's yeah. that that impacts obviously it did not impact anybody that was watching it at home in any way i mean it was other than to your point brandon it was kind of jarring you're like oh wow it's just there like how about that that's that's something um i thought it was a good match i know everybody's killing the fact that it was pretty obvious that Chris Jericho landed on cardboard, but like what? I guess my response back would be like, "What do you think is going to happen there exactly?" Yeah. I, I would say the camera shot should have been a little better to hide it. But yeah. as far as the actual thing, like who? Ca- like that was fine. It was just I wish they had a better camera shot. Yeah, I, it's disappointing, but I I don't I don't think. People are comparing it to the the bombs. I don't think it, I don't think it compares to that in any way. Like I. I think that if you bring attention to it, then you realize how much it looks bad. The other one just looked awful, was was an abomination. This one was the spot still seemed cool, and you had to go out of your way to be like, oh, right, yeah, this isn't this isn't great. I, I don't know. It did not it did not make me feel worse about the match because of that. I no, I agree. I I do think there's a degree of criticism, but it's it's the same criticism as always, which is they just. They just have production issues, and I I blame that on production issues, whether it's not having the right angle. There's other things we could talk about, about when they went on commercial and things like that. But, like, if you book that match to end that way, that spot has to occur. Like, you cannot do what they did and not have the spot, right? I mean, in my head, I thought they almost weren't going to do it, and I was like, you know... You can't really do that if he's not going to throw him off anyway. That kind of defeats the purpose of the finish of the match. So in that sense, I thought it was a great finish. I just thought 
to your point, either either the construction of it was problematic to begin with, or the way it was shot was problematic. But it it they should have made it look better. It definitely the way they shot it made it look real bad, and the fact that they kept showing it, I, I feel like WWE has done something like this before, but they usually do a good job of showing it from an angle where you just see the guy falling and you hear a sound and you don't really see like pieces of cardboard collapsing or whatever, even though they're doing the exact same thing. You know what I mean? This, I think it was because WWE usually is good about painting everything black so that you can't tell. Like they had like a really light gray surface and then you could see what was underneath it and, they're just I just think they need better stunt coordinators or something or better stunt preparers or I don't know what I'm searching for. But or or camera direct like one of the two either combined with that. Like honestly, the, the probably the 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 thing to do was you shoot it up. You don't shoot it down. So, you you know, you, yeah. you, you kind of see him crash into it, but you don't fully see the landing. Like if that happens, we're pretty much fine with it. And, and yes, it has happened with with WWE in the past. Some yep. of the times they, they crash through the, the trons or crash off the stage. You can see the crash pad. And it happens. It's one of those things that just happens, and it's, you know, yeah, you comment on it. You know, you kind of have to comment on it. We commented on it for WWE, so we commented for AEW, but it doesn't, like, ruin everything. Yeah, I think people are making, I think people are making too big match. of a deal of it. I think people are making too big of a deal of it. I, I'll say, the only thing I'll say about it, it was a good match. I am at the point, though, where I am struggling to watch chair shots to the head. I'm struggling to watch the amount of blood involved and you could say well you've been desensitized by wwe i don't i think i've been desensitized by society i think i've been i I, i'm desensitized is the wrong word i've been sensitized i'm i'm not really interested in that anymore i'm just i thought that they went a little bit too far now again it was brutal and the story they told was great and the whole deal i'm just i'm admitting myself i'm not the uber violence is no longer something that I'm really all that interested in because, you know, in the same way that I'm over the end of certain types of hits in football. I just don't care about any longer. I accept that these are human beings that we're talking about, and I don't necessarily need to see those things. So it's it's not a statement about the match or whether they made a good decision. It's just me personally. It doesn't do that. It doesn't do it for me any longer. Like, I'm now at the point where it's almost gratuitous for me when I watch that type, I'm like, oh, God, we're, wow, it's a, it's a bit much. It's a, it's a bit much how far they're going. I think if you're going to do the bleeding, uh, you, by the way, I, it's well documented that I'm not into the bleeding and all, you know, all the, what do they call it? Gigging or what hard yes. way? I mean, I guess some, there were some hard ways yeah. in this for sure, but the Jericho one certainly wasn't, uh, <laughs> but, but they had, you know, a lot of people bleeding and I think I'm going to go halfway and say I get it when it means something I think if you've got 10 guys and they're all bleeding I, I mean I, I guess you could say look at this giant you know look at this photograph blood and guts <laughs> I, I get what, that. what did they keep calling it what the, the, the let the something begin I don't remember they kept there was some term they were repeating over and over like the it wasn't carnage but it was when the match actually began, they called that something, but I don't remember what the term was they used. Anyway, I think bleeding and wrestling, A, should be used really few and far between, but should mean something when you do it. It shouldn't just be like Cody bleeding for no reason, or it shouldn't be like, 
I, I like the Jericho thing. I thought meant something. You know what I mean when they when he gigged him with the with the with the ring at the time. Right. We didn't need Dax Harwood bleeding from the fence or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean people are gonna get accidentally hit, but I thought I thought like having like guys like that bleed for no reason seemingly just to make the match look brutal. I, that's a little. And, and by the way, Aaron, your point is not. I, I'm not missing it. The, the match is called Blood and Guts. I get that, and that's why this is. It's. I'm telling you, this is yeah. more about me. I said before, sure. I didn't need Blood and Guts. I wanted another stadium stampede. The stadium stampede right. to me was the match. Blood and guts is. I, it, I'm not interested in it. I'm just I'm over that part of wrestling at this point in my life. That doesn't do it for me. Um, the I want the fun stuff. I want the you know I I want that. I don't want this any longer. I no longer need that in my life, and it makes me more squeamish anymore. Then it does really get me going and say, "Hell yeah, that was amazing!" Not, and I take nothing away. The story itself, I think they did a great job. I think the match story was great. I'm just saying, I'm personally out on the uber violence. Yeah, to to me, I thought this was one of. I'm kind of in between those things where I don't mind it if it all makes sense. And to me, in this match, it makes sense. The problem is. You know, Cody bled earlier in the night. You have guys bleeding every week. Like, if this was something where we hadn't seen blood in two months, and then we had all ten guys bleed because it was this kind of feud, I'd be like, yeah, I, you know, I I think that works. And I think in the match, in the bubble, I think it worked for me because of the type of feud it was, because of the type of match it was. I just, if I'm doing that, I'm making sure leading up to it, I'm not seeing any blood anywhere else. I'll say one other thing about it. I think the blood and guts concept should have been a blow off and it it's not you know what i mean like i it's, it's that was awkward like it's obvious that there's going to be more between jericho and mjf and there should be right there should be still more between jericho and mjf and so i i feel as though maybe you should have done that first and then had that lead to i it it seems well. What really... if what if this is going to the singles match? Like, what if well, it's this gonna was have to kind go to of the... his... yes, it's going right. to have to go. Right, and that's what match. I'm saying is like, if this is going to be the one big five but, on five match, you but have... but those guys still exist, right? Like, I right. to my knowledge, they're not going to suddenly not have an inner circle and not have a pinnacle. And unfortunately, what it probably means is that the rest of those guys aren't going to be doing anything for a little while because they're just this is this is, now this goes back to the AW problem, which is you just have a billion factions and a million people hanging around, and so as you pivot out of this you're going to pivot into MJF Jericho and these guys are just sort of going to be accessories to that. I would have done it the other way, which is to have had an MJF Jericho match and then led to this being the end all be all. I got my goons. You got your guys. Let's go have a brawl. And the end of the brawl is the end of this. When you do the MJF Jericho match, what you can ban Everybody from the the ring, you can do that and say, here's how it's different. Those guys are banned, but every time there's been a ban, someone's tried to get around it. Like, you can't pretend like these people don't exist in getting to the MJF Jericho match. I just would have done it the other order so that the bloody, literally everyone bleeding and trying to murder each other match was the end of the feud. That's all. Like, it feels like that seems more like the type of thing to end a feud than to be in the middle. But as I say all these things... I still think they told a good story. I still think that it was, it's certainly a spectacle. There's no doubt about that. Um, the, I thought the biggest, or what should be the biggest story of what came out of Wednesday night, 
was, I, I guess we're getting Orange Cassidy in a championship match. I can't fathom it's going to be Pac. That would make no goddamn sense. And almost a little bit comical that they did all of that. <laughs> like, right. you couldn't have waited yeah. a week. I guess they were just trying to kill time. But, like, maybe you wait a week, let Orange Cassidy win the match before you do the thing. Um, instead of making us sit through this, which we, we know how the match is going to end because... It, by the way, that's the second time in a row they've done that because they did it with the tag match as well. They had SCU confront the Young Bucks last oh, right. week, and then, and then they had them yeah. win a number one yeah. contender yeah. match this week. A bit of a and, weird and bit. There's also a weird bit, and and maybe I I I I can't help but I can't help I can't imagine that it's literally an oversight. But if it is, it's embarrassing. You literally have Kenny maim someone earlier in the night. And then that person just doesn't give a shit to come out and uh, attack him when he's out there just hanging out. Yeah. Like they have a problem with doing stuff like that at times because they're trying to serve too many masters at some point. Like you have this essentially blood feud at this point going on, and now he's just going to fight Orange Cassidy. I mean, like there is something weird about yeah, that. And, like, and, they- and, and it's disappointing because it, it kind of says we don't, it, it goes back to one of the problems that we've had with championship matches, which is it's kind of saying the pay-per-view championship match doesn't matter as much because unless, unless for some reason you're taking Kenny out of the equation of whatever's going on with, with the, the bullet elite or whatever the fuck we're calling them at this point. Um, <laughs> like it, it, that still exists. That's still there. And trying to do both things kind of, minimizes your championship match at one of your only four pay-per-views all year long. Now, I'm probably not obsessing over it as much right now because I'm getting Orange Cassidy in a, in a championship match, and so selfishly I'm willing to, to not freak out about that because I just want Orange Cassidy in big spots, but it is, it, it, it's certainly part of the problem. Your championship match at one of your, own four paper, one of your only four pay-per-views should not just be a thing you do for the sake of doing it. Which what? makes me think, uh, it makes me wonder if the reason they're doing it that way, not that it's really, it would mollify it very slightly, is that the it's not the main event. The main event is MJF Jericho in some sort of but, and, I'm, and I'm sure that's what spectrum. it is, but it still goes, like, you have one championship. You have one right. championship, and it seems like regularly at pay-per-views, the championship just doesn't matter. Um, and I get it. MJF Jericho is is a blood feud and is very significant, no matter what you do. But this, if it was the first time this was the case, I would say, yeah, I get sure. it. Like that happens in in all of professional wrestling. But it it seems to be pretty fucking regular that you're doing a championship match for the sake of a championship match that you're just kind of throwing in a couple weeks beforehand, where these people have not been interacting whatsoever. You've been doing something significant with them, and now you're like. Well, and, and may he rest in peace. Here's Brody Lee now. You know, like, here's this other thing. It just doesn't feel like that should be how your championship is treated at pay-per-views. It, it, it feels like you've got a problem with that. It's not the end of the world. And again, I'm certainly admitting that I am, I am grading on a curve because I'm getting Orange Cassidy in a championship match, and, and that makes my heart happy. So, yeah, you know. Well, first of all, I'll say we're getting Orange Cassidy in a championship match, so I'm all in on that. But there's a couple of things I'm concerned about. One, are they just doing this because they're going to have a full crowd? Because they announced they're going to do a full audience for this show. And B, does that mean, like, I could almost see Orange Cassidy becoming, like, the Mick Foley champion where, like, 
John Moxley does something and that and that's how Kenny loses the title to Orange Cassidy and some kind of bullshit like that. Like, do you think that hurts? Like, do you think they ever were going to give Orange Cassidy a real thing or is that the best we could hope for him? Oh, I think it's the best. I think it is. That's what I think, too. I think anytime soon, if you tell me in 2022, they have plan, you know, plans for him. But I mean, look, we, we kind of all assume that this is Kenny eventually leading to hangman page. So, yeah, I've, I've assumed that for a long time too. And so I'm, I don't think it's going to happen, but again, I get Hunch Cassidy in a championship match. So bully and, and apparently Miro in a, a, a TNT championship match. So I Great promo. Awesome. I mean, like, I'm, I'm all, I, I love him. So that's, that's tremendous. Take all right. Every single complaint I ever had about Miro and none of that existed on, on Wednesday. It took a while. I mean, it took a while. I'll, I don't understand that. No goofy, no yep. goofy clothes. Yep. Just no goofy anything. Just guy in jeans that looks like he could kill you. Yep. Give, give that to me every week. Yep. I, I, I kind of, the, the way he laid out that stipulation of if Darby can't compete, he like, it kind of makes me just want to see him like, don't even win in a match. Just kill him backstage and kill him to the extent that he's handed the title. That'd what, be awesome. What did, what did he say? That What was the line? The man who can't, the man who isn't afraid to die versus the man who isn't afraid to kill him. Oh yeah. That was a good line. That was tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous. What, his past three weeks have been promos with just phenomenal lines. Yep, he's yep. been great. But he's Miro. Of course he's been great. This yeah. is this is why we were all so confused for so long. All right, let's get to WWE. Obviously, one major story this week. She's back! Eva Marie Yay! is here! I'm Yay! Glad we we're all the same table now. Of course. Yay! <laughs> all right, we'll talk to Daniel Bryan. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm... I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if apparently there's a couple of reports that that people think that Daniel Bryan is 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 definitely re-signing and there's really nothing here and we shouldn't be making more of it than there is, but it's weird, right? Like it's weird. Got to talk about it. <laughs> and then it makes you wonder if like they're in on it and they're trying to drum up the attention. I I don't, or if it's Daniel Bryan being Daniel Bryan and being like, I'm not going to sign because I just kind of want to know. I kind of want to know what my options are. I kind of want to know if there's some world where I can get WWE to agree to a, you know, you get to run off and do a match in Ring of Honor type of deal somehow. Like, I just kind of want to know what my options are. I, it's all fascinating to me. Um, it It will only be... It has to end with him back in WWE. And I, and I mean that with all... I, it would be fine for Daniel Bryan to just decide, I want to be in Ring of Honor now. I just want to go do that, and they can do great matches. What I'm really saying is I don't need Daniel Bryan going off to do an AEW thing for a little while. I don't need that. It doesn't. It, it To me, that lessens him. I think his story of where he got to does not require him going back and being like, now I want to be the cool wrestler again. The difference about Daniel Bryan is like he's been able to do that despite the fact that he's been in WWE. He doesn't have to prove anything to anyone, and I don't, I, I don't need. I mean, I don't think they'd allow him to be. Maybe they would be. He'd be able to be Brian Danielson again. I don't need a third name for Daniel Bryan. I don't need some other chapter in his legacy. At this point, it's if you want to go back and do a Ring of Honor thing because you're just saying, hey, this is my roots, go do it. But otherwise. I'm not as interested if he's not in WWE. But you I, could easily do that. That you could easily achieve all of that by putting him in NXT. You can, sure, but yeah. I, mm. I 
if I'm, you know, fantasy booking it, I'm doing it where we, we go full out on what we've seen from Cody in the past from EC3 and that he's just showing up everywhere. If you tell me that I'm getting and, and eventually going back to WWE, but if you tell me I'm getting a year of he pops into Ring of Honor, he pops into, you know, uh, New Japan, he shows up at these other places you know, for a feud here, a feud there, a big match. You know, if he and Joe wants to put on a match somewhere, whether it's yeah, Ring I mean, of I've Honor got, or anywhere. I've got no issue with that. And by the way, that is the the fascinating part to me is does he have the power to say, to, to be the first to say to WWE, this is what I want to do. You're not doing house shows. I've got weekends. Let me go do some shit. I'll still help you out with your TV show. I won't do anything else. I won't do Ring of Honor. Like, I... That one would be difficult. I, don't, I think it would be difficult to sell, other than maybe like one Ring of Honor appearance. I think it would be very difficult for WWE because that is still a TV show, right? Like, So I think it would still be difficult for them to, to give a thumbs up on that. But to say, I want to go, like, I want to help the indies out as they try to get back up off their feet after a terrible year. Let me go do some shit that I want to do. And in exchange, you'll still get me for the shit that you want to do. I think it'd be fascinating for him to pitch that as and to see if if in reading the tea leaves of what guys are able to do when they make the jump, it forces WWE's hand a little bit to say, All right, for you we'll do it. For you, you know, we're on board. He did an interview that suggested that he was making headway with that kind of thing within the company. And I think you're right. I think he's the one guy that you could see them being like, okay. I mean, we're don't we're, show up on AEW, but besides that, well, I wouldn't be surprised if he's under contract and they let him do stuff like this. Like I wouldn't be surprised. By the way, I think this whole contract thing is a complete work. I, I think, I don't think this is remotely true. I think, I think they, they do this shit all the time where they move the guy to the alumni section. Oh, to... that's not the part of it. The, the alumni section thing means nothing to me. It's the actual reporting from journalists. That his contract expired. Well, right. and, and it was like, this is, I don't even think this is the first time with him that it has expired. And then two right. weeks later, he signed a contract. And that, Either and that, or I could see him just working on a handshake or what, you know what I mean? I mean, the guys in the past have done stuff like that, like Ray Mysterio. And he was on a handshake deal for what a year before he signed. Um, I think it was Rey Mysterio. Somebody was on a real yeah, long. Yeah, it's ha it happens fairly regularly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I think the interesting thing is the timing, though, because you did. God, I think it was just last week. You had Triple H come out in an interview and and say, you know, more than ever, you know, we really believe that if it makes sense for us to work with someone outside of wrestling, we're going to do it. And then a, a few days ago, we had reports that there had been talks about WWE and MLW working to some extent. Mm -hmm. So if you now have this other piece here and, and you can, you know, if you're WWE, you can say, see, we're working with people. We're letting Daniel Bryan go wherever he wants. We're letting him have the matches you want to see. Like that's good PR for WWE. Well, and, and with the understanding of it's not going to be the same for everybody. This is not, we're not going to know, you know, we're not going to let AJ go do everything that he wants to do. Daniel Bryan, WWE is not going to suddenly open up Ali Ali Oxen free. Anybody right. go do what you want to do, make any appearance that you want to make the way that it goes. But even doing a little bit of it, to your point, Aaron, is good PR. It it looks like them doing the right thing within the business, and especially with the ability to say, you know, we want to we want to it's this is 
um, they can be the less altruistic Guy Fieri, right? Like, Guy Fieri, is, as cartoonish as he is, is an actual hero. The man actually does everything right at all times, takes care of everyone, is a genuine angel in that industry. They can make it look like, well, we want to help out the indies. We want to do our part for our business to make everybody complete at a difficult time. And so we'll allow a couple of names that are interested in doing it the opportunity to go make some appearances some places. And you can make yourself look good in the process. Like, look at WWE helping out these indie promotions, doing great things for them when they've all been screwed by a pandemic. And all it really is is Daniel Bryan wants to do something cool, and so he kind of forced your hand. But it can work out serendipitously for you. It can work out in a way that it makes you look great in the process and can can be a big win. I'm I'm just... I don't think this leads to Daniel Bryan and AEW. I just don't see what he... What does Daniel Bryan have to win in AEW? What does that do for him? The, again, like, I it, I don't think it would be full. If he showed up in the AEW, it would be, like I said, it would be one stop on a tour because he wants to face Kenny Omega. And, and that, right. Whoever. Right, something like that. But for Daniel Bryan to become a, an AEW performer, I, in a weird way, it's it, it, it lessens. It's one thing... When you're Christian and you don't have an opportunity somewhere else, go to AEW, of course. If you want to wrestle, wrestle, fine. And they're going to pretend like you're a big deal for a couple of weeks. Um, but Daniel Bryan doesn't need that. Daniel Bryan is a big deal wherever he is. There is there's just no need. There's no need for him to go become an AEW performer week in and week out. Um, as far as what we actually saw, I got a lot of messages from people that they thought this was one of the worst Raws ever i i didn't know that it was all that much different than any other raw that i've watched recently it was not it wasn't i thought it was considerably better than last week i thought last week was one of the worst raws i've seen in a long time i mean this week i thought it was not as bad i mean we got to see some new people we got to see some different stuff i mean it certainly wasn't exciting or or that great but worst ever i don't i don't know if it was worst ever I, I, it wasn't good. It was like it, it. It wasn't good. You're right. I just don't know how to set. I don't. I What's think that bar. Right. Like I think it's been. I think it's been a tough time for. And I think this is. I think there's a. This is the WrestleMania backlash problem. Like this is the. When we talk about you, wanting to do the hey, let's try to, to capitalize on WrestleMania and but, I'm done with it. I'm I'm I've got the moment already. It's over. I need something else. I need you to do something else. This is just dragging for the sake of dragging. I'm I'm uninterested in it. Inserting Braun Strowman into Drew McIntyre did not, and Bobby Lashley did not suddenly make it more interesting and more compelling. If it was just Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman, could it have been interesting or compelling? I don't. Maybe I don't. You need to do something else. Like it, you can't just keep doing the same thing week in and week out. And the only thing I think they've been banking on is that Charlotte Flair would make the show, right? Like, that we, we do have something completely different. We've got Charlotte Flair moving forward. I just don't think Charlotte Flair's been as as impactful as they thought she was going to be. And this goes back. The, the big problem for me is I think they are they are convinced that Adam Pierce Sonya Deville is way more interesting than Adam Pierce Sonya Deville is. It is not interesting. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, it's not I don't like it. It's that I don't give a shit. I don't care at all about a fight between Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville. What is that going to get me? Why would why do I care? 
Mount. I don't know. I, I think they should just put RK Bro segments like every other segment. It's the and only, that would make the show. It's the only interesting better. thing about Raw right now. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And it's great. Yeah. Oh, even Marie's coming. So even Marie's coming. Yeah, if she I just want her old entrance back. That entrance she had towards that last oh, month. When, That's when, all I want. It was the over that the top, was the most wonderful the thing over ever. The top entrance, and then she doesn't come out. Like, yes. I mean, no, she comes out, but she doesn't wrestle, right? No, no, and, she didn't come out. It was oh, she's stuck right. in traffic. She's <laughs> That's right. It that's was right. wonderful. You were more into that than I was. I was. No, I think nev- we were all into. It. I was. I think we all. Said I it was, was good. into it for one week. I was into it the first time, and then at some point, I was like, "Yeah, this." The problem is, you're you're giving more time to something I don't really want. <laughs> like, I don't, and I don't know. You know, I don't know enough to know if Eva, Re- Eva Maria has learned to wrestle at all in the time that she's been away. I get that the point is sort of that it doesn't matter, and that. She's just supposed to be an attraction, and and the whole well, deal. Well, certainly that, should matter because almost everybody else can wrestle now. And that's the pro. Like the problem is, yeah. I'm still gonna come away with it's gonna be. I don't know that I'm okay with giving Eva Marie TV time. I get that you're struggling to fill three hours, and so you want to do something I think different. If she's involved in something, that's better than it being about her. You know what I mean? Like if she's someone's, if she's with someone, or or if she's like. I don't know if it can just be her doing stuff. Like, I don't know. Here's the yeah. real problem with it. You just let go of the Iconics to bring in Eva Marie. <laughs> like, even if, if, even if I'm trying to be optimistic about Eva Marie, you're, you could have, you, if you want screen time for a woman, you had the Iconics. Sure did. Are they gonna, wait, are they going to put her with Angel Garza? Because that might be good. I mean, sure. why? I don't understand like, what, what's unique about like, that. Wait, what, what what are they doing with Angel Garza? I can't really tell what Well, he... other than shoving uh him but what, shoving What was that? I I don't even know what that he what was that supposed flower to be. flower up someone's ass. No, I I was that supposed to be a face turn? Was that supposed to be <laughs> What what was that? It was bizarre. I don't know. I'm I, trying to I'm trying to make chicken salad here, man. I I don't know what to say. I I I don't know. I, there was I a don't, very weird raw. I don't know either. And it wasn't weird. It was just well, there's a lot of people on TV who were not, have not been on TV. That in that sense, it was a little weird. Did, did you guys know about this, by the way? Because it, it was funny. Because this got brought up like over the weekend, and then he shows up on Monday. Did you know what Mansoor's record in WWE was? He was before he was, he was undefeated, right? Forty nine and zero. I mean, I, it was was it a DQ or did he lose? Well, he lost by DQ, but he they can still say, you know, he's undefeated. But it's just so wild that, like, you have a guy you could actually do something with. They didn't even mention that aspect on TV. It was just like, oh, here's Monsoor. We I, saw him on 205 Live. He looked, he looked really good, by the way. I, I don't. That I mean, was pretty good. I think there's a lot about him to like. I, you know, it's a shame that they've only ever cared about him when they were in, in Saudi Arabia. But, like... I, I think he looks good and could be a thing. I, I don't know what they're doing there. I have no clue what they're doing there. And, yeah, just to have him railroaded by Sheamus, like, the hell is the point of this? I don't I don't really know. I don't – I be, I hate saying this. I don't really know what the point of anything was other than we got a long way to go until we get through this and back to something that matters and qualifying matches for money in the bank. Like, I think the show gets better when you get past pay backlash – and you have purpose, and you have like qualifying matches for a match that matters are a good thing that makes Raw matter more. Like the, eternally, it's I not think hard. We just had way too much time between WrestleMania and Pay Backlash. 
It was like six weeks or something. That's too much. And, and especially if you're just going to run everything. Right. Just like, doing if it. you're going to do that, it needs to be two weeks later. And I know we complain about that. But the one positive thing about doing that is this doesn't happen. Right. Like we're Look, just in this month-long bleh. Yeah. Although I, I, SmackDown's navigated it well, though. Um. Yeah. Well, we don't know because we don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, like that. That's, but that doesn't matter. The shows have been good. Right. The, the shows have been good, but we're sitting here uh, a week and a half away from a pay per view, and we have no idea. Like, I, I mean, I do we know any of the matches? Well, I think I, we're assuming. I'd rather be in the position of that, right. than a shitty show where I've known the matches. Well, okay. For, I mean, I don't disagree with that. The matches for four weeks. I don't, di- and the show I don't just disagree Smackdown, with that. The, Smackdown. The show is much better but, than Raw. But the, the show. point: the, the Smackdown is always going to be better. Everything matters more when there are matches with stakes. Everything matters more when you have matches with stakes, period. Speaking of stakes, I am hungry. Um, Everything <laughs> is more important. It's just more important. And it feels more important. And if you know you got an amazing, amazing main event with significant stakes involved coming, you are more appetized by everything that you get leading up to that because you're looking forward to it. It, it matches with stakes is wrestling. That's that's when it's going to be at its best. So I think that Raw will get better simply during Money in the Bank season because they've got spots to fill in Money in the Bank matches. It's insane when they try to blow all that out in a week. Like, it's the first Monday after the pay-per-view. Let's do all of our qualifying matches right now. Like, Jesus Christ. See that, and that's why I'm hesitant to agree with you on the I it's going to get better because what's going to happen is they're going to do all that, then they're going to have six-man tags for the next <laughs> three weeks. You're probably right about that. God damn it, Aaron. And then they'll, and then they'll have SmackDown Money in the Bank guys versus Ross Money in the Bank guys because, as you know. <laughs> it's the one time. Yeah, it's the one time all year. All I do want to talk. I do want to talk about something. Um, regarding Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan. First of all, obviously the match was very, very good. Yep. Looked like WrestleMania main event to me, but just say it. it <laughs> but, did. Um, so the one thought that I had is what does this, this, this is significant because this is the first clean win they've given Roman. Yes. With we no talked about this last week, which was right. Yeah. That's why I wanted to bring it up. So, I thought this was fairly significant in that way. Um, but you're right. Where, like, are they going to pull the trigger? And when I say pull the trigger, I just mean the match, not him oh, winning. No, it's, it's Cesaro. Cesaro's getting the match. At pay backlash. I mean, what else could you do right now? A tag match or some kind of other thing to to push it off. I just, I, I don't but know. But a tag, a tag match with who? Cesaro, Cesaro and, Edge. and oh, and Edge. You would reintroduce Cesaro Edge. and Nakamura. Or yeah, I mean, someone. I, I guess the option you had, is you had Shinsuke cut a promo on Roman Reigns. By the way, <laughs> when was that? I just I, we forgot to talk about it, but I was like, what? I mean, on if, the, if, if, hell was if, that? if you if you did a title match at what what Roadblock? What the fuck was the pay per view in between? Like that I, that I was that I couldn't believe they were doing a title match for. It was, was it Fastlane? Uh, Fastlane. Fastlane. If you did a goddamn title match at Fastlane. When there was no reason for you to, to not have a title match and the pay-per-view after WrestleMania when you're building towards nothing and there's no... St- it's it's insanity. Like, it's what is the point of your company? You have a pay-per-view for the first time in six weeks, you need to have a title match. I, 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 I... Is it plausible that they're playing a long game with Cesaro? It... Not plausible is the wrong one. Is it possible? Yes. It's certainly possible they're playing a long game with Cesaro. Um, do I believe it? No. I absolutely think Cesaro is sliding in tomorrow night 
and becoming the number one contender moving forward, and that's just the way that it's going to go. That's the expectation that I have. I would be very surprised if that proves not to be the case. And, like, I guess maybe they could do Shins... Like, doing a tag match is terrible. Could they do Shinsuke for a pay-per-view just to further remind us that every now and then they're going to pretend like they care about Shinsuke, but they don't actually care about Shinsuke? Sure, they could certainly do that. They've made it abundantly clear they don't actually care, and, you know, no matter what they do, they'll build an entire show around them only to not give a shit a week later. So could they do that? Of course. But... I'm still not going to buy that Cesaro is your SummerSlam opponent. I just don't I don't buy that until they give me reason to buy it. And so if that's the case, what are you pushing it off for? Like, what what is the reason to not do it now? To do it at Money in the Bank when it's not oh, even if, the most... If he's not SummerSlam, then you absolutely have to do it now. Right. But I, I, think, I think it should be the SummerSlam match. I don't know who you're selling me. I get what you're saying, Glenn. But past that, who are you selling me for SummerSlam? Well, that's I just don't believe that's the way they operate. They don't give a shit about that. They care, especially if we're talking. No, no, no. Okay, wait. As, let me, he, let me, he's he's let saying me who's that. who's the big name. We're saying it can't be Cesaro because who Cesaro is, is not it? big enough. Who's the big name? It's Brock Lesnar. Right, it's it's any of the people that we talk it's about. It's not going to be Brock Lesnar. If it's Brock Lesnar, why makes not? Because first of all, it makes Lashley. more sense for Lashley. Yeah. Except that uh, Bobby Lashley is out trying to run his mouth with Dave Batista right now. Like the notion. Do you I, say, I, that was, I think that was a bit. That, that I was think just, it was know. a bit. I have no idea. The, like the idea being, they don't feel like they have enough big names available. They can change that in twenty seconds. It does not you take can say them that, long. But like, just help me out here. If we assume, which I I think it's way more likely, if we're getting Brock Lesnar, that that is for Bobby Lashley. Just Unless they of, think it's Bobby Lashley next year at WrestleMania because they feel like it needs to be Drew McIntyre okay. uh, uh, and Roman Reigns next year at WrestleMania. Sure, and that's that's plausible as well. But, like, assuming it's not Brock Lesnar because he's a heel and all the other stuff we've said, who is the big face that you're going to put in this Roman Reigns match at SummerSlam? The big face, specifically. Because I think it know, has we, to be. I, I guess, oh, boy. Do we know we anything do, about we, Edge? Could, we you know, don't could know. Could we and just be running back Edge as a single match? It absolutely match could be running back God, Edge at SummerSlam. It absolutely could be that. But are you telling me that that is better than Cesaro? I'm not telling you're, you're hearing better. Nobody's saying better. It's bigger. That's what they want. Especially if we're talking about, I think we just found, what's the pay-per-view between um, Extreme Rules? They just confirmed was going to be back in the Thunderdome again, right? So we're looking at, the next time we see fans being SummerSlam. Um, I, well, for the time being, do you, th- do you think that, okay, we're getting off at a tangent here, but I did want to ask you, and while I'm thinking about it, I might as well just do it. Do you think they're going to pivot because of what AEW did for, I, for May 30th? I thought they would have pivoted based on what the UFC did. I, I think they like I don't think they care as much about the UFC. I then. don't no, believe no, no, that no, for no. a I, second. Well, actually, I, I, I think they care way I, more about the UFC than they do I about think, AEW. And, way and it goes more. back to some of the interviews that and, and I meant to say this at a, at a uh, previous show. There were a lot of these interviews, you know, the pre WrestleMania hype where it where you heard a specific line uttered by Superstar, which which felt like a fed line of, you know, Yes, it, you know, we feed off of the fans. But there was also something nice about not having fans, not in, interrupting promos and stuff. And it was almost I, the exact same I tried having this time. conversation with you guys after WrestleMania, and you guys yeah. couldn't believe what I was saying. I absolutely think that WWE has found value in 
we get to tell you how to feel instead of mm-hmm. you telling us how to feel. Now, at some point that ends, and at some point you got to make money again, but I think it's at the point in which you can tour, not the point at which you're trying to fill the same building week in and week out. Now, I, I'm still surprised they're not doing it. I'm stunned that WWE has the option to have filled buildings and they're not taking advantage of it. Part of the problem being they might not be confident they could fill the building every week, and they don't want it to look like it looks most of the time at AEW. AEW's got a smaller building. Could WWE do a thing where they fill half of that building in Tampa and they could fill the same building with the same people every week? Absolutely, they could. I'm The fact that they're still here now is bizarre. It's bizarre to me that they brought fans back only to say, yeah, we're going to go back to it. And it speaks to me too. They find value in, we have a visual. It's a pretty good visual. We can manipulate the sound. We decide how people get the feel. We choose when they cheer. When We choose when they boo. Until we're ready to tour again, we like that. We like that for our TV show. I don't think it's working. I think it's a mistake. I, I think yeah, it's, having... It's really flat. I think having fans again alone would generate a little bit of interest. I think just the live crowd itself would make people a little bit more inclined. But I think it's pretty clear that they they find value in it. It's it's a weird this bit is, to me. This is obviously only one person, but I literally spoke to someone yesterday that works with me who I just I just said, like, hey, have you been keeping up with with Raw or, or with the show? And she literally said, when they stopped having fans, I stopped watching, but I'll come back. She doesn't want to watch it like that. Man, it's 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 I said the, literally the show after WrestleMania. I don't know how you go back. You're reminded of how great wrestling is. With fans and with react, I don't know how you go back. And immediately it feels flat again to me. And it's not taking anything away from how novel the concept of Thunderdome was and how unique it was and how that was a big boost from what they had been doing before. All of those things are still true. But it ain't the same. And when you see fans and when you have the option to do fans and they have literally the option to have a full building, they could have a full building Every week in Florida, and I don't believe for a second that it's about them abundance of caution for COVID or anything. I don't, I don't buy that. I just, there's nothing about the history of WWE that sex suggests to me that that's what's going on here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm befuddled by it. I'm befuddled by it. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think Edge could be the answer very simply. Like that, there's something that's lingering there. You wait, you reintroduce him, and that feels like a big SummerSlam match. Absolutely, I. I if your point and I is, I guess you could make the argument because Brian got his shot, or that so he's, if Brian got his shot, then Edge should get his, or shot. or just that he's Edge. <laughs> like, but, I, but what I'm saying is, you don't have to say he's just Edge. Well, like, but I mean, but I'm yes, you're right. There's there's an additional layer to it, but I don't think right. they needed that. I think they would have been just fine with saying, nope, it's Edge. He's getting a match. That's that's how we do things around here. Um, if if they are just convinced. That we are Roman's keeping the belt until the spring, could, and and for whatever reason it's not Edge. Could they just choose to do it your way, Aaron, and build up Cesaro for a few months to get him railroaded at, at SummerSlam? They could, sure, but I, I don't know. If there's, uh, uh, you know, and I keep saying, well, I keep thinking to myself, well, you can't build him up that much and not pull the trigger. But if you don't have fans, they can do whatever the hell they want. Well, but I think we think they're going to have fans this summer. Well, so. but I, but if you don't have fans before, before and after, in the in the lead up, like like the the one show, whatever you get the booze you want for Roman. It's the 
you know, if there's normal fans after SummerSlam, you could have, and, and you're building Cesaro up that much and you don't pull the trigger, you could have some reactions you don't want. But if you don't have fans, it doesn't yep. matter. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, uh, quickly, anything from NXT that we need to cover that doesn't involve AJ? Not really. It was, you know, a perfectly fine show. I, I'm The fact that they're putting everybody kind of together makes me a little bit nervous that they're not totally sure what to do. And we could see a situation like we saw last summer where they're just kind of putting everyone who's at the top of the card together again. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I Does mean, it feel like they're pushing Johnny Gargano to carry and cross? That's that's when, when I say push them all together, I kind of, yeah. Wait a second. I, I, okay, there's two different concepts that you just said there. Well, I, I'm saying like they pushed, they had about six different people, including your North American champion yeah. involved with with your world champion. Like I'm a, there's a part of me that's a little worried that we're seeing, going to end up seeing like another tournament like we saw last time. And then we're, or regardless of that, that we might just see the champion and North American champion feud and kind of get away from the North American title for a bit while they feud. Uh, I'll say two things. One, I think tournaments are good in professional wrestling for when, both titles. When, what do you mean for both titles? I remember last year we had, or last summer we had that, you know, tournament where you had Keith Lee on one side. Basically, it was for both the North American and the world title. I thought he just abandoned one of them. I thought- well, after he won it, after he won both. He was the double but champion I did, I for a day, I and then he but I didn't the world champ. Adam Cole wasn't in the tournament, was he? Yes, he was. I I don't follow what you're what we're talking about. So here. so at the in August you had a, a tournament. You had it was um, Keith Lee. It was Adam Cole. It was who else was it? Was it Gargano? And why am I blanking on the other one? It was four people, and you had. Two people face for the North America title. Two people face for the NXT title, and those two face each other. Keith Lee won, and then he dropped the North American title immediately, I, even though he wanted both. Well, titles. Was that a turn? Was that really a turn? I, I, I guess it was only a four-person tournament, but it was you know. But kind did of they a, call it a tournament, or are you calling it a tournament? I I don't remember if they used the word tournament or not, but it was basically a well, okay, you know, there's there's two you different... had multiple people right. having multiple matches where. But, you know, both titles were on the line at the end. But there's two different concepts that we're discussing. The one is, should the North American champion and the, the heavyweight championship be lumped in together? No, they shouldn't. But I also think that you could solve that problem by having Johnny Gargano lose to um, Dexter Loomis and, and that problem solved. Um, are, are, are tournaments with stakes good? Yeah, they're really yes. good. Um, one of the, the kind of crazy parts about watching some of these biographies recently is remembering... Just how silly it was that we we made such a big deal out of the King of the Ring when like oftentimes the King of the Ring meant nothing other than you just got to call yourself King of the Ring and and cosplay. Much it never meant anything. Right, it cosplay other is, than King, King Booker. I mean, right. It just it was just doing it for the sake of doing it for the most part. Tournaments that mean something are great because as I just talked about, matches that matter that have something at stake are wonderful and it gives you plenty of matches that matter. And things that you should be tuned in for. So I'm a tournament doesn't bother me at, at all. Um, the champion shouldn't be defending in a tournament. He should be waiting for the winner of the tournament in order to determine, you know, who's going to be the number one contender. The tournament concept I think is is really good. I'm I'm that's not my fear. Isn't a tournament? A tournament would be a solution. My fear is it ain't a tournament. It's just continue to kick everyone around together until we figure out what we're doing right here. 
Yeah, I guess I, when I was saying to her, I was meant, I was thinking specifically back to last summer where we saw both titles on the line at the end. No, but mean, yes, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't care for the the two championships being lumped in together. No, that doesn't that doesn't interest me. I would just go ahead and have Johnny Gargano lose to Dexter Loomis, um, who's still hanging around. Don't know if you noticed. No, he's um, hanging around specifically Indy. But that's, but that's. <laughs> yeah, you you can do both. Right. That's Though not now hard. Now she's the women's tag team. I'm curious to see how they balance that. Um, I mean, it, it, you can do an awkward. You put Indy in an awkward spot with Candice, where Dexter Loomis is going for the North American title, but she's still. In, I mean, like, there's that. Oh, I'll tell you, you can do it. I'm yeah, it's, in fact, I think it's creative, clever storytelling trying to do something like that. I, I I did like how last week they uh, trademarked Index. Wait, what? They yeah, trademarked like Indy Index. Oh, yeah. got it. Got it. But got people it. have been tweeting that for a while. I didn't know that. that I, didn't, I did not know they had done that. All right. Um, anything else we need to cover? Yeah. I, I do want to talk about one thing because it, it has been a topic this week. Uh, what did you guys think of the Macho Man biography? Um, I thought I thought it was really un- – it, it, it's the same thing. I thought it was a, a good two-hour TV show that left me with a bad taste in my mouth of them trying to rewrite Macho Man as being a good guy at the end. I, I thought that was a – that was a bad look. That was, I, I thought it, it went a step farther than some of the other ones. Because first of all, you had some just outright lies in it. You had Lawler talking about how he was in WWE one day and in WCW the next day, which is well, he uh, probably really believes that. Well, no, no, I, I I'm not blaming lie. I'm not blaming Lawler for that. Right. But you can't include that in there. Yeah, why they you leave know, it in? Like when I, you know it's not true. I gotta be honest, with you, that doesn't get me all that worked up. I, like I'm going to try to make a comparison once. I I once. Oh man, Jesus! So, I think we've all like hooked up with one of our friends at some point in our life. It just it happens. It's something you do. And I we started dating a girl, and I was trying to explain to her that like I had a friend who I had hooked up with, and I was like it was like a one time thing in my life. And she thought that meant it was I had sex with her one time, which wasn't what I was saying. It was like something I did at one point in my life that I'm not doing anymore. I think sometimes people can say things that aren't literal, that we take as being literal, and and it we make too much of it. I think if you're doing a biography to put something that's misleading at best in there is yeah. Not I, I I I didn't I didn't react to it. The if same if, way if you I'm did, writing the Glenn Clark biography, I'm not it, you know I'm not lying, and then I get a quote from somebody that I know isn't true. I'm not putting that quote in the. But Glenn if somebody Clark if somebody. I mean, the, if somebody said about me, uh, Glenn was on the radio one day and the next day he was working for a, a magazine, it wouldn't be true. But it also wouldn't bother me because I would get what they were saying. Is well, that- but they were I do think that this was implying that he didn't that he did what Lex Luger did. Yeah, no, he, I, that, I, he was it describing not, the Lex Luger thing. It didn't right. it did not feel that way to me. It did not feel that way to me. It felt more like just trying to explain something. It did not feel like it was an important plot point. That they were like, trying look, to miss, look. I went and showed Mr. McMahon the TV, and he saw Macho Man on this TV. I, I thought it was a little too. I get what you're saying, Glenn, but there was a little too many details in there. I I do think it was kind of a look what this asshole did kind of thing. I really do. I I do. I just don't. I mean, I also don't think it was that big of a deal because he did do a lot of assholeish stuff. It, so well, it, it it offends me more from like from a biography sense, from a like, journalistic standpoint. Yeah, like yeah. that 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 was bad. And then you you had Rosenberg talking about how Macho Man never took steroids in WWF and only started when he was in WCW, which I has, missed that one. Did he really say that? 
Pretty much. I, I, he but I didn't. They were saying yeah. later in his life he got really bad. I, I, uh, I think you're adding the part where he said he never took the. I, 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 he definitely. I can't remember the exact wordage, but there, there was a part that kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. About they were that. suggesting in his older years he was so adamant about whatever that he started heavily using things or, or using but, but, things more. But he, he I do not think there was an implication that he never did it before. He, he framed it in a way to make it seem like, oh, WWF kind of was clean. I can't remember the exact I word. I did not take that that way at all. I didn't take it that way, but also, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if they were attempting to do that, but there's, there's sure. two, there's two right, different things right. that are, there's two different things that are going on here, Aaron. One is we talked about this last week when we were talking about Piper. You have to accept this isn't an actual Annie biography. Like this is a WWE program that they're doing what they want to do for what it's worth. If I'm someone around Randy Savage, they, they attempted to sort of paint a pretty picture at the end about where his life ended up and kind of whitewashing the awful things that he had done to women. That's the problem. The friend, the problem is they made him out to be way too good of a guy when the whole thing ended. Like, boy, he had found happiness and, Boy, I just love the guy, and fuck that man. Well, it was this guy was a piece of they, shit. That, it was, and it was awkward that they put all that stuff with um, what's the woman's name that he was with? Oh, in gorgeous WWE? George, yeah. With the, gorgeous they George, put yeah. that in, but then said, but then he ended up fine. Yeah, but then he then he found <laughs> happiness. Like, who the fuck gives a shit if he found happiness if he was beating women? I I don't. You kidding me? Like, finding happiness with your high school sweetheart? Shit. I th- I, and I do think this is the case because the way that this was received is weird too. Like if you read Twitter about the way this doc was, received, oh, they, they said it was way darker than the others. It was a hit job. And yes, and like I don't think this was a hit no. Job. Like, I think they went out of their way to try was, to, like, <laughs> to try to, to to whitewash him a little bit. Um, I think when you get into the Hogans and the Savages and the Ultimate Warriors, there's so many people that don't want to believe who those guys really are. I think that's just the, and you can add anyone else in music and huge actors and things into that list. They, those guys I think are the, and you could probably add Ric Flair into that. I'm not, I'm not saying any of these people are absolutely awful. I'm saying that if they did do anything awful, there are a lot of people who wouldn't believe it. You just don't want to believe it. All right. Um, I'll tell you what. Why don't we hear from Brian Cage? Why don't we do that right now? Great to have our next guest back with us on Jobbing Out. As this man, uh, the last time we talked to him, he was an indie star, and he was killing it, and we knew something big was coming, and boy, did it ever, um, as he's looked like a million damn dollars since he's joined AEW. He is coming. It's finally, we finally have events again. I'm so happy about this. And Great Eights Memorabilia has partnered up to bring the Great Eights stable to Baltimore Celeb Fest on May 15th. You can find out more greateightsmemorabilia.com. It's a pleasure to welcome in Brian Cage back to Jobbing Out. What's going on, dude? It's great to chat with you. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you. I, 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 I was an indie star and I became a big star in AEW because I, I quit jobbing out. That's what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, bro, you certainly weren't jobbing out last week. Holy hell, man. No, I did not. Oh, my God. All right. There's so much I want to cover with you. Can I start by just saying generic? Can you explain how life changes when you get an opportunity like this? And, and, and again, you were killing it. You know, everybody, the first time everyone in the world laid eyes on you, were like, okay, yeah, this dude is going to be a star. I mean, you just have that look. Um, but when you get this opportunity to be on TV every week, to get high-profile opportunities, how much does life really tangibly change, or will we be surprised to learn it doesn't change all that much? 
much? Uh, no, well, I mean, it's been a pretty, pretty steady ride for me uh, since you know uh, Lucha Underground through Impact through now. So obviously the um, uh, the the limelight, I guess, grows a little brighter, and, and you know your name's a little more well known. But you know, it, it's been a pretty pretty consistent, steady change for me. So it's not a, a huge drastic like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? But you know, I've been I've been willing and able and uh, waiting for this opportunity, and I still feel like. Yeah, I did a job out last week. I had a big win this last week, but I feel like my my true calling and, you know, big opportunity has yet to even happen yet. So, you know, I just make the best of it when I get it. And uh, it's still, you know, it's it's cool when I'm out with my son and we're at a movie theater or something and somebody goes like, hey, man, do you watch wrestling? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And he goes, man, do you know this guy, Brian Cage? You look just like him. I'm like, because I am him, but... Uh, I mean, you're like, yeah, okay, do you ever play along? Like, no, who's that? Like, tell me right, more right. about that. There, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's not too many people who rock around, you know, my size, my look. Not many. Faux hawk. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's not the, not the most many. common combination. No doubt about that, man. No doubt about it. Okay, so, so you know, we bring up, let, let's cover last week only because, holy crap, man. Like, what, what an amazing win this is to get. Um, and I know, like, you're probably, you think the people, the thing that people don't realize is you're 37, right? Like, you're not a young guy in wrestling terms, right? No. Like, how important was it for you to to make a statement to know, hey, you're probably, you don't have 20 years to do this, right? Like, you can't just sit around and wait. How important was it for you to make that statement and know, holy crap, everybody's talking about you after you get a win like beating Hangman? Uh, oh, it's extremely important. And like I said, uh, you, you, and you just said, I'm not young, but I also have been doing this, you know, for a couple of years. I've been doing this for 15 plus. So I, I've made the best of every opportunity I've had, and I've done well for myself, career-wise, financially, all jazz. But I feel like, you know, my, my potential still hasn't even come close to being being met yet. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get there. And, and to get there, you got to knock these suckers out of the park when you get an opportunity like that, which is exactly what I did. And uh, hopefully we'll keep keep doing and keeping the opportunity to keep on proving myself because uh, I keep going back to it. You also said everyone sees something in me like, oh, this guy's going to be a big star, big star. And again, I've done well for myself, but I feel like that big star moment has been uh, like on the verge of coming for a very long time now. And uh, most people do have that same you know overall opinion of me, but I'm like, exactly, I'm not getting any younger. So this big star moment's got to, you know, got to kind of happen pretty soon here. Can't can't be taking too much longer. Dude, dude, that felt like a big star moment, though. I mean, did it feel as big to you as it did to the rest of us? And, and I say that, you know, like, we, I, I don't know how much nerdy wrestling crap we want to talk about here, but, like, you know, it had been a rough time for Team Taz. Let's just be honest about it. You oh, guys sure, had, sure, sure, sure. You had taken a lot of L's. And so I think there was a lot of surprise to you guys getting that win and you getting that win. It felt like a big moment, like there was a statement being made about Brian Cage moving forward. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, 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 uh, I definitely hope that's the case. And, and yeah, we've taken a lot of L's. Well, I guess Team Taz as a whole has taken a lot of L's. I guess it's one thing, I guess, in defense of myself, or, or at least to protect me, I haven't really taken too many L's. Right. <laughs> we had the, you know, the tag match, the Darby match, and the Moxie <laughs> match are all my L's. They're like my all my three top big like profile matches that I've lost. So maybe I haven't lost a lot, but I've lost all the important ones. But then on the flip side, I haven't really won anything like terrifically over the top great either. So this was definitely a, a pretty shiny moment for me. That because you know, also I'm not naive to the fact that 
not everybody knows who I am. Not everybody has followed my career through PWG and Lucha Underground yep. and, and Impact Wrestling and whatnot. So a lot of people, you know, who are new to me, aren't uh, you know aren't, aren't aren't real keen on exactly who I am and what all I can do, what I'm capable of. So um, that's another reason why you have to you know nail every opportunity out of the park because yeah, for people who don't know, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make them know. Brian, can you talk about that a little bit? Like the difference between everything that you've done in your career versus this past, you know, year and a half that AEW has been a thing. And, and, and I can't exactly remember how long it's been since you debuted yourself on AEW, but have you noticed a significant difference in the way you are received or responded to? I know it's hard in the COVID era, but even online and things like that, have can you notice that difference of, you know, what AEW and you being a part of it has meant for your journey right now? Oh, for sure. It definitely made me a bigger star and definitely well, you know, well more known and have a larger audience, for sure. Um, with that being said, though, I also feel like with my overall use being down, well, because I was, you know, super indie darling and I was working like crazy on indies every week and just killing it. So since those are kind of, you know, almost non-existent now because of the pandemic. Um, and also my time in Youth Impact was great. Obviously, not as many eyes are on that um, as AEW, but I feel like my overall maybe... It's weird. Like I felt like my my overness in wrestling was almost maybe more than, but my overall overness now is more. Yeah, if you kind of get what I'm saying. Like I felt, I felt like my, my 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 wrestling stat bar maybe was higher before, but just how the, the, the well gen- known I am is right, higher now. Right. The so. general public is more aware of you yeah. at this point yeah. than they were before. But and and we talked about this the last time we had you on, dude. Everybody in wrestling knew immediately like just one look at you and i don't know at what age you started looking like you but like what else could you possibly be doing you were a human ass kicker that's what you are this is <laughs> what you're supposed kicker. to be doing um and i think everybody realized that that's why they're so exciting uh, let's let's make sure we're talking this up baltimore celeb fest is coming may 15th um in millersville and it's an amazing event with over 50 professional wrestlers including the grade eight stable which is not only brian but lance archer there's not gonna be any like problems between you and lance are there at the uh, at select no fights. no 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 actually actually get along with lance quite well all like, right I know we all both right. have uh you know we're big we're big uh meaty what, what did you say human ass kickers ass but... kickers yes <laughs> correct you both have that look 1000 percent. but uh, actually lance are my favorite people you know so That's i'm awesome. looking forward to whenever we do score up in the ring but uh but yeah no those, there should be no issues that's awesome man also the beautiful people will be there tessa blanchard is part of the stable as well diamante flip gordon matt side like i mean it's an unbelievable group and you can meet all eight of the great eight stable for just 200 bucks photos and autographs with all eight for 200 bucks and i that's an unbelievable offer that you can that's take advantage pretty, that's, right that, that's a pretty stellar deal yeah yeah, yeah. right you're usually you're usually looking at like Minimum forty, minimum forty. Exactly, forty or fifty per person like, for both of those. So you t- okay? So you take five times it by you know yeah you you're saving like at least half there. Dude, it's incredible. It's an incredible offer. My buddy Chris Ruling put it together. He's an amazing guy and he's doing great work. Great Eights Memorabilia. We love them. Great Eights Memorabilia dot com with the number eight to get that ticket for the Great Eight Stable. Um, uh, Brian, the, the, the experience in AEW, the locker room, the, what you guys are doing, the sort of rogue, you know, um, it, startup is the wrong thing to say. Cause there's a lot of money behind it, obviously. Like yeah. that's, that's an unfair term, 
but but knowing that you're the underdog, if you will, like that, what is that like to be a part of something that clearly has caught the wrestling world by storm, even when maybe it wasn't necessarily paying off big time for you personally week to week? Um, well, man, it's just great that there's something like, remember the last time I was part of something that kind of slowly took the wrestling world by storm was Smooth Underground, which is still yeah. my favorite, favorite, uh, just moment times in wrestling. Um, absolutely loved it there. And so now that we're here with another alternative and there's actually, you know, it's, it's cause okay, the biggest problem with Lucha Underground was really with, was finances and, and TV network. And here we got the finances to back the company and we got to, you know, TNT. That's it. If, if L Ray was on team or L Ray, if Lucha Underground was on TNT instead of L Ray, you know, probably would have been done a little bit better, lasted a little longer yeah. to say the least. So I mean, both those things there, I don't see AEW going anywhere. It's been phenomenal. Like, I mean, there's so many people that are into it. And I have, you know, even some of the WWE diehards are like, oh, man, wait a minute. This is this is what the alternative is. It's pretty awesome. So at the end of the day, too, it's just great to have, like, legit competition because competition begets greater competition. And it just, you know, more, uh, more places for people to work, more shows for people to watch. It just, just gives everyone a choice all in all. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's been great, and I'm glad it's here. What's the biggest pinch me? You know, we always talk about pinch me moments when we talk to guys. You know, everything you've done between Lucha, between, you know, being world champion, um, you know, now being an AEW, what's been the biggest, and if there's two or three, that's okay, but the moments where you've had to, like, look at yourself, like, holy crap, this is the life I'm living. Like, this is this is what I get to do, and they compensate for it, me for it. And, you know, <laughs> like, what, what have been the moments that have been the ones that have really made you, like, take pause for a second and reflect on this is where you are in your life? Well, I mean, obviously, the within AEW, uh, Power Rami Sting, obviously, is, is up there. Yeah, I mean, um, that doesn't I'm, suck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not only just, because, too, you got to realize, like, that was a Power Rami Sting who was somebody who was, you know, a childhood icon, was literally one of my first wrestling figures I ever had as a child, but then obviously throw in the variable of him not bumping for almost six years and being basically retired from an injury, to a very similar bump, and then like that's a, that whole that's a whole another compound of oh wow, pinch me moment, you know, yep. the power bomb, him. Yep. And I try not to even really like think about it too much after the fact. Are, are you nervous about it in the moment at all? Like, is there any part of you that's like, dude, this is oh, for, for for certain things? For that, I wasn't because I didn't I didn't want to even think about it because I was like, look, I know I can't power bomb, I can't kill him, but I can't power bomb life. Like, I gotta, you know, he's gonna be down from this. And like Tony was like hyping me up so much for how good I was and safe I was and. I didn't want to get in my head about it. I was like, look, I was going to go up problem with guy. I do that all the time, no problem. So it was more after the fact that I really digested it. I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. It doesn't suck, man. It doesn't no, suck. No, it doesn't <laughs> suck. Um, I mean, being of that, su- Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, oh, see, outside of that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, just anytime I'm, I'm in any sort of match, I just love. And obviously, when you know, the crowd's full and they're cheering you on. Like, I mean, there's, there's not, like, just one moment like that. that just being out there... Can travel the world and do what I love is always a pantry moment. And just you know, anytime that I'm mad and I'm stuck in traffic or whatever the case, and I'm you know complaining about this or that, I go, "Oh, this could be my life every day driving to a nine to five, but it's not." So you know, that that that's a pantry moment in, in, in itself. But obviously, problem in the sting and anything like that with like that nostalgia for being a child is is uh, is pretty great. You mentioned Sting and in, in that moment. Like, is there is there anybody else like that that you know? in a perfect world before this whole wrestling thing is over for you, you get to interact with wrestle, do some kind of 
segment on t- television with? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I'm sure this one's pretty much gone, but I'd love to have done something with Shawn Michaels. Confused my ultimate fave. Um, you know, AJ Styles, we're able to jump ship. That's, uh, that's, that's part of an ultimate dream match. Um, uh, trying to think of something else that's a little different. Uh, you know, getting to interact with certain people that I've been at with at, uh, you know, cons or even like international shows and have them come up and like talk about them being a fan of me is always like pretty surreal too and crazy. Okay. What's even, the one? Like, give me, give me an example of that. Give me somebody that like you found out was a fan of yours and you're like, holy F, how does he even know who I am or she even know who right. I am? Okay. This is a total random one. I remember I was at, uh, uh, a convention and literally Coco Beware was going nuts for me. Wow. Forever. Wow. That's <laughs> cool, man. So, 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 and then even better yet, cause like, you know, Melissa doesn't know all the wrestlers and, we're sort of, she's waiting for me to go somewhere because we gotta go take a picture somewhere, do something. And like, cause I'm talking to him and he's just like, like, I mean, hyping me up like huge. So Melissa just thinks it's a written, like a normal fan marking out on me. And she kind of like rudely dominates him to like tell him to shut up so he can go kind of, I was like, babe, it's a Hall of Famer. You can't treat him like that. She's like, who was it? I was like, come on, man. What are you doing? <laughs> You're like, we gotta get the fan. We gotta get the fans out of here. We just gotta be like, no, that's Coco Beware. <laughs> Seriously, oh, that's like, amazing. Come on, man. man. That is. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, any, any time, you know, like, you know, when I'm like somewhere with Jericho Cruz or another show, or you know, and like, like, like Mick Foley or like whenever somebody like that, that's your coach. She's like, oh, hi, Brian. How are you doing? Like, we're like, do you like, know who you are? Even they don't know me, but they know who I am. Like, that's so there's always like a little like. Surreal no, dude, as well. no doubt. That's that's unbelievable. I mean, that's I, I, this is it's going to mean nothing like. So I, I, you know, I work in sports media, and I remember the first time I was in a locker room, and Ray Lewis, the the Ravens linebacker at the time, came up to me and was like, "Glenn, get out of my way." And I was like, at first, kind of like, "Oh no, Ray Lewis is mad at me." And then the second response was, "Holy crap, Ray Lewis knows who I am." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that. It was a wild moment. I totally get it, man. It's not because I'm an ass kicker, though. It's just because I'm a guy yeah. that's annoying to him. Uh, just another minute or two here with Brian Cage, the uh, FTW champion, of course, from AEW, and he's coming to Baltimore Celeb Fest May fifteenth. Again, you can meet the Great Eight Stable by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Brian, um, yep. I, you know, I just brought up the belt. Um, is is the goal for you to defend the belt more? Is it more like, no, I'm Brian Cage. I am the FTW champion. There is no need to defend the belt. This is just who I am. I've got other things that I'm looking to pursue. Uh, it's probably more of the latter for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have no qualms defending the title. I actually wouldn't mind that since I, since I have it, but it's, People ask, like, oh, why don't you defend the title more? Like, hey, man, I, you know, I'm not the one that books the card. I just show up to defend it. Um, but but with that being said, too, yeah, I am my own guy. I am my own machine. I do have my own goals and aspirations. And, you know, uh, I, I have my own ass kicking on my own that I need to do. So, the, You brought up AJ Styles a second ago. Can I ask, honestly, like, do you guys talk? Do you guys, you know, do you trade messages back? Like, hey, man, I don't know when you're up, like... It, it would be a dream to have you over here, and I don't know if guys over there do that with you guys. Like, is there any of that, or do you all know better? Like, we, we don't talk about all that sort of stuff. We let everybody figure out their own stuff on their own. Uh, you know, no, no, I don't talk to him about that at all. I mean, I barely even talk to AJ whatsoever, but, you know, if I see him in passing, I would talk to him. But there's a few guys I'm more friends with. They'd be like, oh, it'd be cool to have you over here, or, you know, hey, when's your deal up? Or, you know, maybe some of that kind of small talk. But 
but overly, it's not like um, like you're never like a, a salesman trying to sell, right? Right. You know, somebody to come on over, and, and they're doing their thing, right? Like they're yeah. doing they're doing their sure. thing, and you get it, and you're not, man. You know, it's what you know. Never want to be in somebody else's wallet, right? Like you never want. Sure, sure. They're in their good places in life, man. Oh man, Brian Cage, dude, it's it's unbelievable to to watch what you're doing right now, and I, I I can't believe that this timed out that we got to talk to you this week of all weeks, man. I cannot believe that that worked out perfectly. That here you what, are. What, what, what was the was the first time did we talk before I had the Cedric Alexander match in Baltimore? Is that what we talked before? It might have been when it was. That might have been exactly when it was that we yeah, had yeah. you on, dude. I, you know, like you know this. You know how cool this area is, and this is the great part. We talked about finally having fans back. You know how amazing this area is for wrestling fans. And we haven't been able to have, and I know this, there's not going to be wrestling at this event, but it's just nice to have wrestling fans be able to get together oh, again somewhere. Absolutely. I had two of my favorite, actually, I'm wrestling Moose tonight. I'm at a show right now. Love Moose. A, a, a DC guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Moose there, a match I had with Moose there for House of Hardcore was one of my favorite matches I've had and it was my favorite match I've ever had with Moose. In the same venue for MCW, uh, I wrestled Leo Rush, which I absolutely love that match. And I, a few different times, have gone to online complaining about it because I remember the match was so good, but the um, the hard drive got corrupted, and there's no footage of that match. Oh, no. yeah, no, no. There, there's a couple people that have had like some like clips that they'll post on social media that I've tried to gather together, but we did do it again at uh, VXS back in September, which was a really good match. It wasn't as good as the first one, but it still was really good. Um, but yeah, no, I I actually love going to Baltimore. I have a couple of really good friends there. Exile Jim's there. Jimmy Seafood's there. Well, the I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I mean, bro, I, you're. I'm, I'm assuming you're hitting up while you're in town. I mean, I'm, oh, of course, right? every time, every time. <laughs> do you have every a go to? Do you have a go to at Jimmy's? Do you have something that you have to get every time you're? I, this is so, the weird part for me. I go so frequently, but I still try to get something different every time I'm there. Well, they have so much so much food on the menu too. But I usually like it's funny because I always want to pick up, but I'm always like I'm usually there for like. For something, so I'm like, oh, I don't want to like cheat and pick up from my care for something. Um, I've gotten sushi a few times. I've gotten orange roughy because I love orange roughy, and that's so hard to find. Their meal prep is like one of the best meal preps ever, just because it's like their food. And so I always get like uh, a couple of like the Tuscan chicken and the Mongolian beef are like two of my go-to like meal preps. I did get some of the desserts to go last time too, which were phenomenal. Oh, and he just um, he just put a bunch of new ones on the menu too, like last week. Well, I mean, and if yeah, if, no. if, if you haven't been since they introduced the crab keto's, you're gonna like it's it's taquitos with like lump crab meat. It's everything you could ask for in the world. I mean, if you're gonna oh, cheat, man. bro, I gotta either. I mean, yeah, of course, of course, I've had the crab cakes, you know. So, um, yeah, that, that place is awesome. and Jimmy's great, and the the whole vibe and scenery is great. Like every every that. time we do this, I always tell John, like you're the. Nobody needs to put Jimmy's over because the the point is we do it just because we genuinely love it that much. Like yeah, it's yeah. not it, he doesn't need it. Like the, he's his business is fine. It's killing it. We do it because we just genuinely hang and out then, at Jimmy's all the time, and he's a great. And then I pop I pop so hard for the anti vegan stuff. I'm, I'm oh yeah, he goes he goes. <laughs> oh, he kills. I, I took I took so many stickers last time. I had them all over my six pack bag and my travel bag. Just the, <laughs> just the, I'm not vegan. It's, it's just incredible how nationally known. Jimmy's is linked directly to wrestling, the wrestling community. Like every wrestler oh, sure. that you talk to knows Jimmy's has been there, has eaten there. Wrestling fans, which I think is actually they weird, travel here. They travel like, here to see Jimmy's. Right. It's amazing. Like, it makes sense to all the boys because John's a huge wrestling fan, and the, you know that's been going on for a while. You know the, the word of mouth, but the, the actual fans will come from like California to eat there is nuts. Every time, every time I'm there, I'm like, oh, we can go to Jimmy's, or like. When I hear someone's going to be there, I'm like, oh, you guys go to Jimmy's? 
It's so good. Dude, it's so it's, good. And then, yeah, the now we got the convention back. And on top of that, I'm like, I'm shocked about the stuff I like now. Almost every person, um, I don't say almost because that sounds rude, but no, like every person in this group too. And it wasn't hand selected by me, by the way. This just happened that way. But, uh, is, is all like some of my favorite people in wrestling too. So it's actually a pretty good That's time so for myself. Cool. That's so I said, cool. uh, I really like Lance. I go on great with Diamante. I think Matt Seidel is phenomenal. And does, like, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for how good he is. He does so many little things that just, uh, he's phenomenal. Flip Gordon and Tessa Blanchard are two of my best friends in the business. How Flip was in my wedding. Wow, um, I didn't know that. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. man. That's and, awesome. Uh, and then the beautiful people are the beautiful people. I've not, actually known Angelina Love forever. She was deep south with me. She was one of the first intergender matches I, I've been involved in. And, um, and then I, I'd be admitting that Velvet Sky hasn't always been like a, a little wrestling crush of mine. And she loves Oreos just as much as me, and everyone brings her Oreos. And I get a little bit jealous. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, it, but... all right. But then before we let you go, because this is a big part for us, are you? is it always like old-school Oreos, or are you like the type that has to try every new flavor? Oh, the... I have every new flavor. Yeah. Every new... Yeah. I'm a flavor guy. I'm a flavor guy. Okay, so, so like, give, like give if me... I, if, I go, if I go to any shop of any type of ice cream cookie, whatever, if there's multiple flavors, that's why I'm in trouble because I have to try it all. I'm with I, you, and that's I, my that's I, my Jimmy's I, problem. I don't know what... Yeah, I, I, I got to know what the best flavor is, and then I got to have a second one of that best flavor. So, like, dude, dude, uh, give me your the, give me your one seed for all of the Oreo flavors. Give me the okay, one. Okay, so the the one that I love and it's no longer there. Maybe that's why I love it so much. Is the cookie dough? The cookie dough came out. It's always limited edition because they don't sell well. You know, they pull them. Yeah, cookie dough was was amazing. And okay, it's never there anymore. The biggest upset of all time. One day we did the show, and Vernon Davis, who was a tight end with the Redskins at the time, came in and sat in with us on the show, and he brought us because he knew that this was our bit. That we always tried the new flavors. He brought us yeah. the blueberry pie Oreos, and I said, "Bro, just take them out. Just t- nobody wants this. Nobody has asked for a blueberry pie Oreo. I stand by it to this day. The Best flavor they've ever effing done. I would rather have a blueberry pie Oreo than a blueberry pie. It was that good, man. I swear. I swear. Shut it all down. Make nothing but blueberry pie Oreos for forever. They're incredible. Not only have I not had one, I've never even knew those existed. I'm a a very... Very big Oreo connoisseur. So I, I don't know me. if they're still available or not. We will try to track them down. If they are, we'll get them to you on the 15th. That's a promise, brother. That's, that's a, You're that's right, Glenn. Amazing. It did sound real bad. Dude, it's, it, it makes no sense. There's Dude, no... I've had, I've had some like, like the lemon ones are good. I've had, um, I've had the strawberry banana ones. I've had uh, a couple of different fruit ones. And like, I was like, that's weird, but they're good. They're good. I'm amazing. Amazing. Is there, any, was there, is there one particular that was not good? That was the worst, the worst flavor? Um, I, I would say it, I didn't hate it, but watermelon wasn't my favorite. Yeah, that, that, I don't know what they were doing there. The, the yeah. fudge ones basically were just an EL fudge, and I was like, I like it because I like EL fudge, but it's just not necessary because I can just go have an EL fudge. Like, it's 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 not a necessary flavor you, you, at that. You point. know, you know what I don't like about like I love white chocolate too, and they have like the white chocolate like dip, dip fudge ones. Yeah, what I don't like about those. Is the package is like half the size of a normal package? It pisses me off. <laughs> it's the same price, but you have to have more. Bro, we could do an Oreo show. I swear to God, we might want to start an Oreo podcast at right? some point just to do this. Brian Cage, all right, uh, great8smemorabilia.com. Great eights, the number eight. Great8smemorabilia.com. And you can meet all eight. Everybody that Brian just listed, all eight of them for 200 bucks, which is an insane deal. And that's pictures and autographs for the entire stable if you go to great8smemorabilia.com for Celeb Fest coming May 15th. Brian, what can we plug for you? Social media, T-shirts, all of that stuff, man. ProWrestlingTees.com. Everyone their mom has one. So just put in Brian, Brian Cage at the end of it. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Brian Cage. 
um, social media, Brian Cage on Instagram, Mr. GMSI underscore B Cage on Twitter. Terrible name. I thought it was cool when I created it long ago, but it's verified, so I can't change it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's everybody knows you, though, so I mean, I think you're all right. I think it's okay. <laughs> Oh, bro. Brian Cage, it's so great to catch up with you again, man. We can't wait to see you on the 15th at Celeb yes, Fest. Yes, a couple weeks away. We'll Se- see you there. Seriously, on a personal level, incredible congratulations. About like We spent about 20 minutes on last week's show talking about what an amazing win that was and how good we felt for you, bro. Uh, well, I, I am happy that uh, everyone's been shocked about it, but also the, as, as much as everyone's been shocked about it, no one's really hated on it. They all been, they're nope. pretty stoked on it. And it was so. a great match. It was a great match. Yeah. It was an awesome win, and I hope that it means massive things for you moving forward, brother. Yeah. Brian, we'll really, really appreciate it, dude. No, you got a show to get to, and we kept you late. Thank you for taking the time uh, for us. No problem, man. No problem. Thanks, all Brian. Right. No problem, guys. Take care. Oreos for life. Great stuff. Go see Brian Cage at uh, Baltimore Celeb Fest uh, one week from this Saturday. So depending on when you're listening, May 15th, one week from this Saturday, go check out Baltimore Celeb Fest and GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. GreatEightsMemorabilia. That's number eight. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. And you can get that awesome Great Eights stable ticket. All of your meet and greets. Aaron, how much money do you think is the most you've ever spent? At one con in your life, what's the most amount of money you've ever spent? At one con, I'm actually pretty cheap at cons. I, I've spent a few hundred bucks. Do you think that how many cons do you think you can meet eight current professional wrestling stars, pictures and autographs for two hundred bucks? Not that many, yeah, that's for sure. None, none. TV stars, you'll meet them. That's an awesome thing. All right, uh, anybody want to get a plug in? Uh, Aaron, I guess start with you. Uh, yeah, vcin.com. Uh, check it out. Get all our subscription there. You can listen on iHeartMedia. Check out the Nightcap, 7 to 10 Pacific, 10 to 1 a.m. Eastern every night. At the Aoster on Twitter. By the way, Aaron, just uh, love to you and your family. I know it's been a tough week for you, so we've been thinking about you and, and wishing you and you guys well. Uh, Brandon, anything you want to plug? Not yet. No more to plug, but uh, as I say every week, stay tuned for new show announcements. They're coming. We're trying to figure out how to safely get everybody back into uh, Ramshead Live for what I assume everyone needs as badly as I do, which is live music back no doubt. in full force. Um, so stay tuned at, at Ramshead Live on Twitter, at Ramshead Live on Instagram and our Facebook page and our RamsheadLive.com and all that good stuff. At Brandon Linton on Twitter as well as how you follow him. All right, I'm at Glenn Clark Radio, GlennClarkRadio.com. Thanks, as always, to uh, AJ. Thanks to Brian Cage for Brandon, for Aaron, and for the main event. Vent. 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 Vent, 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 vent. AJ Francis. I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Oh? No one? Jobbing Out! You must be out your damn mind. Oh, I said the wrong thing. Yeah, it's outside your mind. Yeah. <sighs> oh, wow. I might you leave all... do it again? I, know, I just might leave all that in to make you look like <laughs> an ass. <laughs>